Hey, everybody, it's your girl, Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama by way of Glassboro, New Jersey, right here on BlacksHitRadio.com. How y'all doing today? I'm really happy to be back with you. Um, I am just enjoying the guests that we've been having on our show. Um, people loved Cheryl last week. I had my one friend say that when Cheryl said, look, I'm not looking for no calls. <laughs> I said, I loved it too. To thine own self be true, y'all. To thine own self be true. You know, some people are not confident enough in themselves to say something that may be like, well, gosh, you ain't looking for no cause. She's like, nah, baby, I ain't looking for no cause. She said, I'll make a sign for you. And I'm with her, you know, because I'm not, I'm not in the crowds and all that kind of stuff. You're not going to catch me, especially at this age, out nowhere where they could be a big old crowd or some mess go down, or especially nowadays with COVID. I ain't trying to be in no big shoulder-to-shoulder crowds and stuff like that anyway. But I just love um, talking to our guests, and I just love it, guys, when you give me the feedback. It just gives me life and makes me want to do another show. You know, Before you know it, we'll be doing this a year. Our first show uh, launched, I want to say, on November 7th, the day that I met my husband, actually. Uh, but just a, a year ago, the show um, launched in 2021. Um, today, so I got a great conversation for y'all today. So I don't have a lot of time to sit and chit and chit chat and smile. Um, I have Hamilton Perkins on the show today. And this young man is the founder of Hamilton Perkins collection and he makes luggage and other unique products with upcycled materials and um we you know came to know each other i think it's a great luggage um connection for me who deals with people who travel all the time and um i just want you guys to meet him i want you to learn about what he's doing uh, he is a young man that's just so amazing it's a black owned business and um, he is offering a product for our environmentally conscious people as well. I mean, to be able to reuse these um, materials and make some beautiful stuff out of them. So I'm gonna let him tell you all about himself. So you know the deal, hang on tight with me for a second. Let me get this brother on the line. This is Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama by way of Glassboro, New Jersey, right here. On blackstreetradio.com. Be right back. Hey, everybody, it's your girl, Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expat in Panama. And I'm coming to you today to make sure that you know about our new Black Expats in Panama community platform. That's right, our BEEP community platform, or BCP. That can be found at blackexpatsinpanama.net. Just click on that link that says join the community. There you will find businesses, groups, as members, you'll be um, privy to events, you can have you can sell things with the classified um, section. You'll get exclusive information offering and interviews. You get discounts on Black Expats in Panama meetups and tours and ITA global um, events as well, and so much more. So go over there, check out the membership, see which one is right for you, and let us know if you have any questions. Thank you.
Mr. Perkins, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Charlotte, for bringing me on. I appreciate the opportunity. I'm so happy to have you on. I'm so impressed um, with what you're doing and just your whole presentation um, as a young man. I just feel, I just know your parents are very proud of you. That's all I know. <laughs> I know they are. Appreciate that. Yes. So anyway, introduce yourself and um, tell us a little bit about who you are um, and let's go from there. Sure, yeah, my name's Hamilton Perkins. I'm the founder of Hamilton Perkins Collection. We make upcycled bags and accessories from pineapple leaf fiber, billboard, plastic bottles, clothes, and a lot more. We've been featured in Forbes, Fast Company, The Washington Post, Money Magazine, Lonely Planet, uh, lots of smaller publications and blogs as well. We are sold in about 150 independent retail stores and sales outlets. We work with Fortune 500 companies to help them upcycle trash and turn it into bags, accessories that can be given to employees or could be resold. We have had our own store before for a pop-up store we had for about a year and we are a small team. We have uh, design help, we have social media help, operations, factory uh, operations and general sourcing. We typically like to uh, focus on travel accessories, generally backpacks, duffel bags, travel wallets, card holders, and we have a little bit of apparel as well. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the conversation and any other ideas that we can discuss here. I'm always, you know, up for, you know, talking about entrepreneurship or, um, you know, corporate uh, social responsibility and um, travel. So love that. That is awesome. So tell me about you. Like, where are you from? Yeah, I'm from Virginia. I'm a kind of a lifelong entrepreneur, I guess you could say. My background is retail. I came from a household where my mom was a banker and then my dad was a, worked at the post office. So I kind of got um, to work on some of my mom's like side hustles, I guess you could call it as a kid, um, crafts. So I helped my mom create crafts that then we would sell to coworkers of hers and other like small events. And then I graduated from that and started my own business selling uh, locker decoration install services. That was my first official business. Um, what? So how old were you when you did that? I was in middle school. So I would say I was probably about 10-ish, 9-10-ish. And I was essentially shut down with that business by the school. But I would <laughs> buy a magazine for three bucks. And then I would cut maybe, I'd say, one locker. I could maybe do maybe two to three pages of color artwork and I would install it for classmates and then um, I basically was shut down and then I just kind of got into sneakers a little bit later in high school reselling sneakers gently used sneakers going and finding clothing that was maybe popular in one part of the country particularly in New York and then bringing that back to Virginia and reselling it worked on uh, worked in boutiques for about five years, um, you know, just in and out of stores and going to trade shows and learning about sourcing and design. And I think I've always been really interested in creativity just um, as a- Naturally. 
yeah, just, you know, took my skill set of sales um, and my background. I worked in banking for about six and a half years after I uh, graduated. So, you know, I was able to get like a formal training on, you know, just like formal sales training, formal finance training. Um, I got an MBA when I was working. So I was sponsored to get an MBA and ended up um, getting to travel around the world a little bit. We went to Asia and Europe for uh, some consulting and learning opportunities. We worked with uh, some small business owners. And when I say small business owners, these are still like big businesses in the scheme of things. You know, these are businesses that might have 50 million euro or maybe 100 million euro or even more in revenue. And we were helping, uh, you know, with just kind of real basic, um, you know, kind of like student work that we were given. And then also in China, we got a chance to go to, um, so for for Europe, we went to Spain, we went to Madrid, um, and we went to um, Greece. We were in Athens, Greece, and, um, you know, we got to kind of like see some economic, we got we got to like see more about the, um, just like economics in general, like macroeconomics and, um, you know, world policy and kind of like really high level stuff. But then, you know, we were able to go and like see retail businesses that like manufacture jerseys and uh, sneakers and stuff like that for uh, some of the clubs over there, some of the different, um, you know, athletic um, businesses. And, you know, from there, uh, we also went to, um, you know, we were able to go to China. So we went to Hong Kong, we went to Shanghai. So we studied at a university in Shanghai called Fudan University. You know, so we were, you know, trained, um, you know, on some of the different, you know, just different mergers and acquisition deals out there and just kind of getting to see um, a lot of the stuff that, you know, I think when I was working in my day job, like I was working as a banker, I was able to like see it more so on an entrepreneurial lens. And um, I also, um, you know, we went to Hong Kong, so we got to you know, kind of do a lot of like of the same stuff there. And, you know, all along this time, I had started a um, bag business that uh, prior to starting like the brand that I have now in its current form, we were making um, more like bespoke custom, like bags that were, you know, really high end, I would say like the average excuse me, average price point was probably about 500 bucks for a bag, you know, starting at around 300. You were making that bag? Yeah, I was manufacturing, selling and designing those bags and selling them to um, executives, you know, bankers, lawyers, accountants, in some cases, um, students, professors, pretty much like um, people that wanted something that would help them stand out. They didn't want something that looked you know exactly like the next person exactly and a cookie cutter and you did that under hpc it was branded more so as hpc but it wasn't necessarily like a lot of marketing that I, i'd say allowed it to differentiate as much as it is in its current state like nowadays you know we make stuff that has you know really prominent like logos and yes um, we were embossing our products back then it was very understated and you know it wasn't necessarily like a like a brand uh ethos i guess that you could say that we have adopted now where there's like content social media newsletter physical you know i did do a little bit of physical like you know distribution but 
to not to the extent that we do now. Uh, that was kind of the precursor, but I mean, it just gave me a test ground and like allowed me to learn like this is how you, um, you know, pretty much like take an idea and bring it to market. But at any rate, I was um, getting feedback from like that real initial custom customer base and just figured out that, you know, most customers would be open to, you know, like a broader idea that would kind of tackle, you know, like actual problems that are, you know, in the world in general. So uh, one of those being like recycling and, um, you know, kind of like the effects of that. So we ended up working on a uh, Kickstarter and we launched a $10,000 goal um, on Kickstarter. And then we hit the goal in about six days. It was all organic. We reached out to small blogs, traditional press, and, you know, we were able to get funded for about 25,000 from the campaign. And, you know, I had picked up another like $25,000 grant, I want to say in that same time frame, and maybe like another smaller one for 5k. So, you know, within the first like 45 days or so, we probably racked up almost 50k ish in like pre orders and just stuff. And, you know, I was just kind of looking at my job. And, you know, I already had said, I was gonna say, how did that feel? Like, how did that feel when you saw that? Just kind of felt like, uh, you know, time, it's time had come because, you know, two years prior, I had written a mission statement for my MBA um, that, you know, my goal and my intent was to get the formal coach, co you know, I'm not going to say coaching because I didn't even have that type of mindset back then, but I think I just said I wanted to have the training required in order to um, be able to operate my business full time and, you know, essentially be an entrepreneur. So it was like, I kind of had a vision board for what I wanted and then it was actually happening. So, um, it felt like on time because, you know, it had been two years since I had done that, um, statement. And I think almost like my whole life had been kind of leading up to that point too, of just, you know, I'm supposed to be kind of doing this. I'm not necessarily meant to be, you know, working on liquidity products or, helping clients like with loans and stuff, which is cool. Cause I like that. And I grew up in a financial related household and my mom was a risk executive before she passed away. She passed away when I was like 18. So I was able to kind of see her like with her ascent, her rise in the corporate world up to that point. And so I think that's probably where she had a huge influence on me, but I knew she had like this creative side and, you know, long story short, I left my job and then that was back in like 2016. So the first year we probably sold like just, you know, I don't remember the exact number, but like 200 units, maybe 250. And then by last year we sold about 40,000 bags. So we're working on, um, you know, lots of cool projects, lots of, you know, partnerships helping recycle and or upcycle, um, you know, anything that's normally going into a landfill, try to turn it into to a product and, uh, you know, make products that customers will enjoy and carry forever. Okay, but that's a lot to unpack. Okay, so first of all, I was going to ask about your mother. Now, your mother did crafts. What what kind of crafts did she do that you helped her with? Yeah, she had made these like interesting, like I want to call it like a creation between it was a mix between like a doll baby and like a like fruit or candy creation. So it was basically like if you can picture a doll baby that had like uh candy attached with it so it was like it looked oh, so like, like a uh, doll baby but maybe like candies making up the dress or something like that 
Yeah, like, like accenting that like the hair would be made out of the candy and then it came with a jar. So it came with with some candy and now I get paid like I can't remember my wages back then, but I think I was making, <laughs> like, you know, five cents for every piece of candy. I could cut the end off and then she would like pull them together. So yeah, those are some of my like earliest memories with like raw goods, you know, raw materials, you know, like going into a craft store, Michael's or something, getting the supplies, getting all this like candy from like a discount place and then putting it together and then these things we would sell for like 20 30 bucks back in the day and they would go like this um so yeah that's kind of where i you know picked up with our product you know taking uh you know stuff that goes in the trash uh finding unique ways to repackage it reuse it repurpose it and turn it into something of higher value okay so let me ask you this i always say that when you're an entrepreneur you bring who you are to that venture. And just listening to you, and I mean, I, I won't you know, discuss your age or anything like that, but you're definitely a young man and you have had so much experience. And it's just like, I mean, really, it's hard, it's hard to keep up with. And so when I think about how successful you are in what you're doing, I just think about the things that you just said that probably add to your success. And the first, having the example of your parents, you know, and particularly the influence that your mother had on you. And then, you know, I mean, even taking the initiative to have like, a, what was it, locker decorating? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that's an entrepreneur. That's an entrepreneur real early. You, entrepreneurs are like, it's a natural thing. It's a natural thing. Not all kids are going to think to do that. Most kids are going to be like, I'm going to buy that. That's cool. You know, but not most of them are going to think I can probably make that and sell it. And that is just the mind of an entrepreneur. Now, the other thing that I want to ask you, because it's interesting that you got into um, travel, um, travel accessories. Okay. Because now I've learned about all of your international travel. Now, let me understand the international travel when you went to China and, and um, you know, Europe and Spain and Madrid and all those places. Was that while you were at the bank or was that that was the bank? did that? No, this was a part of the MBA program. It was like a 20 month program. OK, it so it was part of your MBA program. Mm-hmm. OK, cool. Yeah. And I so did a little bit of my own self curriculum during that time, too, like I just decided I was going to up and go to Germany um, in between like all of that to attend a trade show and just kind of learn more about like my field because there's a really big show out there. Um, You know, just like an environment of like, I was in a corporate day-to-day job where I worked in, um, I pretty much did everything. I did eight out of 10 lines of business. Um, But about two years in, I'd say I had a VP sit down with me and he, you know, by God's grace, you know, he just says, um, you know, I just did this program over at um, the College of William and Mary. And I just think that you should, I mean, you're, you're, you got everything that I got. I mean, you could go over here and, um, you know, you could do it. So I'm like, all right. Um, and, and it just so happened that I had been doing my, you know, like I was selling, um, you know, just tote bags and stuff. Like, just like, like I said, I had my side hustle. I had just been at William and Mary's like event center selling stuff and just kind of not like 
didn't even cross my mind that I would like, you know. William and Mary is in Fredericksburg, right? It's in Williamsburg. Williamsburg, okay. Yep, and uh, I just, you know, ended up applying and I ended up writing a 25 page business plan for, um, you know, basically permission to leave the office um, twice a week or twice a, twice a month. Um, and, you know, also for funding, you know, it, it wasn't cheap, you know, it was pretty much a six figure, you know, investment required. And, uh, you know, it wasn't something that was like necessarily green lit at the moment, like, um, for perspective, I think our class had like 40 some percent, 44%, 46%. What does green lit mean? It meant they weren't doing it. They weren't paying for it anymore. Okay. You know, like it wasn't something that was like in vogue or like yeah. culturally, you know. That they were investing in at that time. Yeah, it wasn't like a recruiting tool like it had been in prior years. Because at a point, there was at some point in the heydays when, you know, banks and institutions had a lot of capital, they would just start paying for all kinds of stuff. You know, you want to go get an MBA? Go. You know, you want to go get some leadership training that's like, you know, X number of dollars go. You want to outfit your, you know, I mean, this is like coming off the tail end of- Of the, the mortgage bus? Exuberance. Yeah, the exuberance of, you know, Wall Street and all this stuff, you know. And So what year was that around? So I got in 2014, I want to say. When, okay. when, when did I graduate? I graduated, now I'm showing my age a bit. So I graduated 20, uh, was it 2014? Yeah, I, I graduated 2014 because- uh, in 2016, that's when I left. And wow. so I technically, I was in in 2012. You know, that's when I was like, I got my information, like my letter saying, hey, you're in. Uh, but like I say, I didn't have any way to like fund it. You know, that was like, right. Right. That's the, that was the most, uh, you know, I don't know. That that was just like the big thing. It was like, I knew I was going to do yeah. it. Like I just set my mind to it, but I didn't yes. have like a plan. But I knew that like if I could get in, then I could get the funding. But I didn't know how that would be. Would, would I would I borrow it? Would I like sell something? Or in my case, like I say, I just I put together a business plan. I had been raising my hand a lot in my day-to-day job, like actually networking. I would spend my own money to go to New York City to speak and get mentored by like executives that were, you know, really high in the company. I was still very low in the company. I was not no, I don't want to lead anyone to believe that I was like some type of C-suite person or anything. I was like literally at the bottom and I just was but curious and yes. wanted to learn. But you and said was, yes. And you said you were raising your hand. And yeah. that is something else that is that is so wise to do because a lot of times, you know, um, when we're on our jobs, you know, a lot of people take the, the take the stance that they're paying me for that. I'm not going to do that because I'm not going to get no extra money for it. But what what I think that we fail to realize sometimes is we're investing in ourselves. We are learning at someone else's expense. I mean, even though we might not be getting paid, somebody else is teaching this to us, right? And then you can use it. And like I said, you bring whoever you are and whatever you know to what you do, what you do next. So let me ask you this. When you're making all of these decisions and choices, you're, you're still pretty much a young person. And I'm assuming that not all of your friends around you think the same way. Like, who was that person that you could bounce things off of? Like, you know, especially, you know, your mom probably would have been that person, you know, had she still been living. But who was that person like that 
that you could go to and they could that yeah you could brainstorm with or or were you are you just like kind of to yourself with those kind of things yeah in those days i think i just sought out a lot of mentors in the field so when i was in banking all of my friends were like 20 30 year execs from wall street or people that had worked in private equity firms investment banks hedge funds you know kid you know I call them kids, but like even like people younger than me that, you know, worked at Goldman Sachs, you know, I used to go up and just network with people at all the different bulge bracket banks and just hang out and just learn like, hey, what are you guys learning? What's going on in the internships? I would, you know, like I say, I, I would put my own dime. I would just go and network and have coffee meetings back to back to back, <clears throat> not have any real agenda but just to learn and be curious and just kind of like get to know people because you never know what kind of opportunity would come fast forward some of my very first customers kind of came from all that work capital that my business needed came from that work you know i, I was able to attract you know investment from that same kind of community i was able to attract orders you know um bulk sales all kinds of like um hiring you know like getting people to help um so yeah that's that's pretty much like as far as that goes i just had I just try to find like who is kind of like already doing what I was wanted to do. And, you know, one of my bosses was like four levels above me, I want to say something like that. And he had come to this country from another country and he was just like really down to earth, just like, you know, with, I mean, he had, he owned real estate, you know, he had all kinds of like stuff kind of like going on, but he was just really sharp and, you know, him and I would just like, you know, I would literally, I would fly up to meet him and like, I would get a good advice, but it came full circle because like I say, I had to get the funding to do it. It wasn't, I had to do, I had to do it, but all that like effort got me funded because when it came down to it, I'm like, this is my plan. This is what I want to do. It was like, oh, of course, Hamilton. Like, it's not even a question. Like yeah. you, if anyone is, you're the person to do this. So I got the approval and that's how I was able to like get out of the office and just make my own schedule, work from home, you know, go around and still be in the program. And, but then that group had its own mentorship, you know, and its own like network. So one thing I did was like, once I got there was I actually accessed the alumni network so that I could reach out to people that were successful. You know, there's like, I mean, there's millionaires and billionaires and all kinds of people that have like actually gone there. So like, why not try to, you know, learn and see if there's any mentorship, uh, if I can be a mentee, et cetera, and plug myself into events. And so, you know, it's just like anything in life, like some people are going to like gra gravitate towards you. Some people are going to go the other direction. You know, I try to find just a good core group. So a lot of I still have a lot of like, you know, folks that I can you know rely on today. Like, you know, I have a mentor. He, you know, has been in retail when he was in retail um, a long time ago. But he, you know, has since exited. He sold, you know, companies and stuff like that. So like someone like that, really good for reasoning and just being a thought partner. But then like even when I was in banking, I used to everyone in the bank knew what I was doing. So they were like connecting me to other people too, that could be helpful, which was, you know, amazing. Like, you know, they were literally connecting this me. All kind, this is all kinds of people. So, you know, I think that when somebody is listening to you talk, um, they're thinking to themselves like, wow. So did you ever feel like you ran into any roadblocks because you were a black male? Did you um, feel that at times? Not no, I, I didn't. Not at that time. I would say just given like, I mean, I was always taught like you don't have any like barriers, you know, like you just got to like, like my mom was pretty much more like she just instilled in me like, I mean, I was, I mean, I was super, I was super aware of Black history growing up. Like, 
I mean, right. I have all kinds of books and all kinds of stuff. And I still continue to like educate myself to this day of just like what has happened. And I'm super aware of everything that's going on. And all that being said, it just like my, like my mom was just like, you gotta like, you know, she, her, her saying to me was always like, you have to apply yourself. That was yeah. all, her, that was her thing. Yeah. Like, these are things that like, you know, I couldn't do, but like, you still have to apply yourself and whatnot. So, um, I mean, that's kind of like the blessing of, you know, each generation, I guess you can say, you know, and like, yeah. and you were just going to apply yourself regardless. I mean, right. and that, that's what you did. You applied yourself. You applied yourself the whole time. Now, let me ask you this. When it comes to um, your mother and and growing up, did you travel then? Did your family travel? You know, what was did you come from a traveling family? We did travel domestically, I would say. And I think my mom, that's another thing, my, you know, my mom and even my dad, like, because they did divorce at a point, but they did a good job of, like, helping me see things. So, excuse me, I would always have a lot of, um, you know, we would go to California and, like, go visit our family out there or like, um, you know, we might, we might just be um, up and down the East coast, just like doing road trips and just supporting all my interests. Like I was really into sports, like basketball, um, you know, so like just tournaments or just anything that I was into, they were super supportive and just like helping me like see, you know, different, different things. Um, and I think just like after, um, you know, I graduated and stuff like that, it just, you know, so now that's kind of just how I think is like, you know, I want to try to like, you know, just continue to, you know, go um, further pretty much. So let me um, stick with travel for a second. Um, so in the travel that you did, so, okay, I like the fact that you just like, okay, I, there, there are no boundaries for me. I mean, I just think that you, you, you said, like you said, you applied yourself, you applied yourself and there could have been some resistance in some areas where you didn't even like notice or let that even sink in or, or slow you down. At the end of the day, you continue to apply yourself. And I think that by applying yourself, you attracted people that recognize that. And I think the people that you attracted were people were like, I think, I think, I think you stood out. I think you were probably a young man that stood out like, gosh, you know, this guy's always raising his hand. Like you said, you know, you were always raising your hand and that not a, not a, a lot, a lot, not a lot of young people see life that way at such a young age. And guess what? A lot of older people don't either. And there's just a lot of people out there like, I'm not doing that, you know, because it's like, and what I call, it's what I call and I didn't, I didn't make it up. Lord knows I wish I did. I think that this is, the lady's name is Nervina. But she said, her quote is, dropping dollars to pick up pennies. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's what people do all the time. And that is what comes from small thinking. And it's so clear to me, like in getting to know you during this conversation, why you are the success that you are. And it's because you apply yourself. You don't put limits on yourself you know, and you're willing to work really hard for what it is that you desire. So when you, like I said, you bring who you are to what you do. So how do you feel that this amazing opportunity to travel internationally affected you as a businessman? And was, 
was those opportunities during your MBA experience, were those your first international travel experiences? Yeah, no, they they really did like impact me a lot. It, it wasn't my first, um, you know, I had traveled internationally prior to that, but I think just the structure and the, you know, in that case, it was very like structured, like we're going to be here on this day at eight and then you're going to be here. Now you're going to be at an embassy here. You're going to be at a business here. You know, you're going to have lunch with like this, like person from the government here. And, you know, it's just like back to back to back. And I think we were hitting on it a little bit earlier in the conversation. It's just like seeing what's possible, like being around like people at a certain level. Cause like to your point in my day to day, like I was kind of just surrounded by people that were just trying to like clock in, clock out as fast as possible and just check out completely. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if you have that as a desire, it's no work, you know, it's no problem. Um, you know, but the people that I was like studying with and all that, it was just like, they were just at a, like a level where, you know, it's just certain exposure, you know, just being exposed to like certain like mindsets and just thinking and just like, you know, just seeing, you know, how people, you know, do move without like limitations, you know, um, I was one of what, it was two of us that were black in the class, you know, like out of like 30, you know, so it was kind of just like one of those situations. And my, you know, I give my uh, shout, shout work super hard, um, you know, just sacrificed and invested so that, you know, I could go to like certain schools and like get, you know, just like the training and the different things that I needed and education and stuff like that. Um, You know, so I owe him a ton and I owe my mom a ton. You know, I don't know exactly where I was going with that, but pretty much just like, yeah, I had traveled um, before and I just think it just creates more personal development when you're in a place where you have to like adapt and you have to like not be, um, not gonna say selfish, but like, it's like when you have someone trying to ask you for directions or, you know, or you have to ask someone for directions. It's like, I'm much more conscious of just like little things like that, where someone's a stranger and you don't, they don't know where they're going. I mean, this is super simple, but like in my buildings, you know, or wherever I'm living, like someone might just literally need help getting to a, a door, you know, to deliver something. But like, instead of me just being so quick and not having the time, like taking the time, like, Oh, it's right here. Let me actually show you um and, and just being courteous and just um character development I think it's like yes. some things that I like pick up along the way with travel because we're you know on someone else's turf like yes. they kind of control the situation you know like you're vulnerable you, yeah you get you get what um you know they give so you have to kind of like yeah I think it just teaches um that's what I took away from it and I, I think I it strengthened my like reflecting um skill or just yeah I think it's I mean I think reflection is kind of like a skill you know and, and I think empathy being empathetic empathetic being empathetic being, to people who are in new and different environments yeah and, and that goes a long way you know because that trans that transcends into uh other parts of your life as well I mean almost everything and even in business you know I think that you have to be empathetic to a certain part to a certain degree it's like you know even when it comes to some things like, you know, nowadays it's like, really girl, you didn't know that. I mean, like everybody in the world knew that. And that is how I used to think until I really thought about who I, who I was. 
And during the 80s, I was wild and crazy. Let me tell you something. I've seen things on TV in the 2000s or in the the 90s. You know, after my life just kind of got more on track and I'm like, I missed all that. (laughs) So, you know what I mean? I know that, you know, sometimes it's different experiences that help you be more empathetic to to other people. So I'm kind of like more patient with, you know, people that aren't paying attention to things that we really need to pay attention to at this point and try not to beat them over the head with it, but just to gently let them know this is why this is important, you know? And like I said, you bring who you are to whatever you do. And I think that travel is just such a great experience. Travel just opens us up to um, so many um, different opportunities. So let me ask you this. Once you, at what point do you, did you ever get to have a personal life? Tell me about your personal life now, your, your, your family, because it just seems like you were just always like working, like your mind is always work, work, work and going, going, going. So what is your personal life like? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I have a family, I'm married, I have a kid, you know, young, a young son. So those are things that have come later in life a bit to somewhat, uh, to some extent prior to me, like, you know, when I was working more, like just, I mean, it would be nothing to go to work from, you know, five in the morning and like, let's say like four or five in the afternoon and get off and then work from five to like, you know, one in the morning, you know, just like night, like night after night after night. Um, so yeah, I mean, these days I'm much more balanced in terms of, you know, set working schedule, excuse me, um, you know, designated schedule, like family time, you know, like having, um, you know, flexibility to, you know, cause I, I don't have to necessarily like work in an office or anything. So I can, yeah. what a blessing. Yes. What a blessing. You know, like if we want to go and do something as a family, we can, you know, just kind of go or, um, you know, just having the, just the, the mindset, um, just to be able to, you know, just do little things, not little things, but like, just like going to my kids, like, uh, school and just like being able to see, um, what they're doing. Like they had something, you know, for like dads and stuff for like Father's Day, like look like things like that, like just being there, like just in the middle of the day or priceless. Um, yeah. You know, just like going and just seeing what's going on or, you know, deciding we're going to go and do something. I try to, you know, my son and I were, he's, he's four. So we're just getting started with like, you know, kind of like what's going on on the entrepreneurship side of things. And, you know, so every day he's got to kind of learn something new as far as, you know, how to, you know, he's learning like entrepreneurship. He's in the, learning what a business is. He's learning what, like, yes. you know, he knows what products are, you know? So, um, yeah, I say definitely like splitting my time now in terms of that. And then, um, you know, just trying to stay healthy. You know, I work out a lot, try to work out six days a week, you know, um, try to do a lot of, you know, self, you know, care. I think that's something that I'm much better at now because I didn't do that. You know, I used to just. You have to prioritize. Yeah. just treat myself. When you're an entrepreneur, you you will just work around the clock if you could, mm -hmm. you know, you could, I mean, you actually have the energy and the passion for it. You know, it's not for everybody. You know, but what I like is that your parents were very supportive of you and you have positioned yourself that you can be very supportive of your son because it was like he won't ever forget, you know, you being able to be there, um, you know, for his special occasions and stuff. And sometimes 
you know, and climbing those corporate ladders. They make so many demands on your life and on your time. So uh, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. So tell me this. So how did you find us? How did you find Black Expats in Panama? How did we end up connecting? Yeah, it was a referral from, I have a like a group call that I host every week and it's for entrepreneurs and um, people selling stuff and, you know, people that are basically generally wanting to get better at personal development. Is it public? Stuff. Oh yeah, it's public. It's, uh, I know I can link, you know, yeah, yeah like tell us the name now, but the name. you can link it. You can give me the link. It's pretty much an informal group, um, but okay. if you go to my page, it's Hamilton Perkins backstage. Yes. That's my personal Instagram. It's the link in my bio, and it's a Zoom link. All the calls are recorded. Um, we like to talk about things that are working in our space, and it kind of came out of a need, going back to what you said, like, who are you around and stuff. It's very important, I think, just to have people around that are like like minded. So, you know, yes. we've got people that design jewelry. We have people in there that like, uh, you know, maybe they do T-shirts. Maybe they do, um, you know, uh, product like food products, consumables. You know, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, but anyway, I, the format is usually like I open a call up with something that's working well. You know, last week we were talking a lot about like Instagram reels and stuff like that, and then. You know, at the end, it's more of like um, what people might be hung up on, struggling with. Um, and so anyway, someone that is on that call um, brought it up in some capacity, like as we we're wrapping up and <clears throat> excuse me, I just decided like I'm pretty much an action taker. Um, you know, I've had my podcast for a while and I, I've published a you know, good amount of episodes and just decided you know, I would reach out based on that. And, you know, from there, you know, you graciously accepted and, um, you know, we've been able to, um, you know, just stay connected that way. So, you know, I think just like, you know, power of the internet, power of uh, yeah. timing, you know, you yeah. attract people if you start to put out, you know, certain energy and you start working on certain projects, like you start to get more momentum and, um, you know, so by design is how we met. <laughs> that I love, And I love that. And so, so, like, tell me this, have you ever thought about living or working abroad? Yeah, I definitely have. Um, you know, I would say, you know, I could live anywhere personally. You know, I can probably live just about anywhere that, you know, is, you know, you can live, I guess, technically. Um, so it's in the works. I mean, because um, you can do a lot. Because you can do a lot without having to go into an office. I mean, just that by itself makes you yeah. a great day. Yeah, like the last two years, I mean, I've worked from home. Um, you know, it's not necessarily my preference. You know, I do. Um, I mean, I, I'm a people person. You know, I'm, okay. I'd say I'm an ENFJ. So that means I like I like people. I'm a high D on the disc assessment. So I like to, you know, enjoy. Um, you know, I like being around people. So. It's something that I, you know, I'm up for. I'll, I'll say definitely there will be a season where, um, you know, there's some type of like property or something that, you know, will own or something to that extent, you know, that's in kind of more of like a goal. But um, for now, you know, I think just, um, you know, where we are is we are doing pretty, pretty good with like physical retail is like kind of where we need you know, we're getting good traction. So, you know, okay. a lot of our plan is about like rolling that out and like kind of growing it here uh, stateside. But, 
you know, there is a day when, you know, it makes sense for us to expand international and, you know, I still have tons of contacts and, you know, international, um, yeah. you know, relationships that, you know, I'm still in a really good relationship with. And so, yeah, I'd say it's, it's, it's going to happen. I'd say it's inevitable at some point. I think that, I think that, um, you know, even just making like exploratory, exploratory trips would be great. And, and I'm going to tell you that from what you've been able to accomplish, you know, in the United States, I mean, that much more by probably 10 times in a place like Panama. You know, uh, the, 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 the opportunities here are so different, like for me, I mean, and I'm not nearly as accomplished and educated and well-traveled as you are, but fortunately, God gave me a great idea. <laughs> That's all I can say. And people say, girl, how do you do all that stuff? And I say, you know what? I thank God daily for witty ideas and inventions. And every day he floods me with ideas. And then he gives me the gifts that I need to be able to take care of doing the things that I need to do. You know, recently he sat me down for a week or so which was great. You know what? I'm not even complaining. I had the most rest in three years probably um, from doing that, but I follow, I'm very spiritual and um, I just couldn't be able to do some of the things that were most of the things that I do without him, but coming to Panama, the people that are attracted to me, the people that are opening door to me, the people that have invited me at their table, are people in places and positions who would have never taken my call in the United States. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I'm just saying, would have never taken my call in the United States. I looked across the table one day at my husband and I thought to myself, what are we doing here? We had been invited to a meeting with owners of a hospital. Um, I just don't see that. I, I could have never seen that coming. Um, and, that, and that was just never something that happened um, for us in the United States. Um, I think that in the environments, my husband is a foreigner. My husband has lived his entire life in the United States uh, as a foreigner. And, and on a lot of occasions, he was treated like one. You know what I'm saying? And me, you know, I, I've, had, I've had some of the same, you know, uh, pushback. I always say with my life, listen, I don't give nobody credit for what I didn't do right. And I don't give nobody credit for what I did do right. You know, I've made my own choices and I've, 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 I've lived my own life, period. And But I'm glad that I'm in the life that I'm in now because at this age, I'm 58 and I am seeing life in a way that I never thought I could experience ever, ever, ever. Um, but let me hop around one more time. And I want to ask you, what exactly does upcycle mean? I know recycle, but I really wasn't familiar with the term upcycle. Yeah, for sure. And I wasn't either, to be honest. When I first like got started, it was all recycle, recycle, recycle. Yes. But if you look at the definition of recycle, recycle means to take something from its original state and to take it to a equal or even lesser value. Okay. Upcycling is to take something from 
its original state and to take it to equal or greater value. And so for our product, we are not just taking it and leaving it the same or making it of lesser value. We're actually adding more value. The products that we're wow. making from this stuff is of higher quality, higher value, more emotion, more experience, more values being communicated. People are, you know, coming together in ways that they hadn't before. And that's what, uh, that's how upcycling is uh, defined. So with your accessories um, and the things that you make now, now tell me, so you said you do some apparel, you still do apparel. So you do some apparel and, but mainly luggage and like handbags and stuff. Exactly. Mainly luggage or travel bags. We make a backpack duffel bag. That's been our, you know, kind of hero product for ever since we've started, we make regular weekend bags we have travel wallets. We have everything on the apparel side is like basic shirts. So we make basic shirts from recycled content like plastic bottles or organic con organic cotton. And we also make like more fashion pieces. So, you know, we have backpacks that might uh, work well as a um, you know, backpack that can be worn under a jacket, uh, which also works pretty well if you're traveling and it's let's say it's uh, a colder environment and you don't want to like get pickpocketed if you're in a heavy, you know, traffic location, <clears throat> excuse me. So we do that kind of stuff. And then we also make like smaller accessories, like, you know, we might make like little small, you know, card holders or, you know, stuff that is left over from a bigger production run with larger bags. We take that scrap and then we still make that into something useful. Even with that amazing explanation, I think, you know, and I want to say to my audience, you have to go to his website and see these things because, and the other unique thing about HPC is that you have like a, like one of a kind stuff. Yes, absolutely. So if you check out our site, it's hamiltonperkins.com. You can see all the products that we make there. And if you want to check us on Instagram, we're just Hamilton Perkins on Instagram. Yes. And everything, everything has its own unique look. So like I was, and you, and you work with so many recyclables. And so you, other companies and, and people, they, they donate recyclables to you um, to use again. So it, what was good is that people that are environment, environmental conscious, you know, this is a way to actually have a piece of luggage you know, or something like that, that is, you know, upcycle, like you said, but it's, it's basically reusing, repurposing something um, to make an amazing product. It's, it's just amazing. So, I, and I, so when you came up with that idea, I mean, I don't think that you said exactly how you came up with that idea. Yeah, no, I started with a personal problem of mine. I needed a bag and I wanted one that was special. And at the time, I wanted something that was going to be like unique, but I didn't want it to look like anything else. And at the time, there really wasn't like a lot of options for that. The Internet was like not what it is today, like even social media or Instagram. It wasn't like as easy like easy to find anything that really hit what I was looking for. So I just decided I was going to make it. I, like I say, I come from more of a merchant and retail background. So I'm really like, I'm always like looking for an excuse to like design something or make something. And um, I basically found that the prior 10 years, this is like almost 10 years ago, I found that there was 
more plastic have been created in the past 10 years than the previous 100 years. And I also had access to a lot of interesting trend reports at my job that showed me that advertising had grown its compounded annual growth rate year over year, particularly in the outdoor media sector. So think about the big signs that you see, think about the print banners at trade shows. These are all like, you know, double digit growth for like the past 15 years, 20 years. And so my mind is like, what happens to all that when it's gone? And I just set out to start doing the interviews the same way. I started interviewing a lot of these places. I'm like, so what do you do with this stuff? And, you know, again, just no limitations. Like I just call them up or, yes. email them, hey, I'm coming up. I'm, I'm going to pull up and like, I'm coming to your warehouse if that's okay. Yeah, come on in. We'll, we'll show you around. Yes. And you, you know, I just walk these facilities and you'd be surprised. You can walk someone's facility. I mean, it's just you, you I would know, love to do a whole this. facility filled with like basically trash that no one's going to use. You know, their their problem is they want to give it to, let's say, a art an art school or a nonprofit. But there's only been so much art and nonprofits that can actually do something like yes. with commerce with that stuff. So you need someone like what we do to come in and turn it into something useful. So that's how we started getting it. And then yeah. our very first client that was anchored, like they anchored us on this idea was Zappos.com. Zappos.com gave us an order for uh, basically the deal was they were going to send us this material from their shows that they had hosted. And we were going to take that material, make it into bags. They were going to offer it to executives and sell it at their headquarters. They had a little store, I guess, in the headquarters in Vegas. And then from there, whatever was left, we were going to sell it. And so that got us started on this path where we can make, you know, stuff for clients. We also have made stuff for, you know, large Fortune 500 companies. You know, we've done stuff uh, that is activated at Coachella. We've done stuff for uh, last year. We worked with Ellen. Uh, so we, I was on the Ellen show and, you know, we sold a ton of products to them and they gave wow. it to uh, subscribers and, you know, influencers and things like that. And, you know, we've probably worked with a dozen Fortune 500 companies, you know, lots of tech companies, lots of nonprofits as well that are just like event businesses that have just like, you know, an enormous amount of uh, like corporate sponsor, like travel, or not, not travel, but signs. Yes, they have signs, fabric signs, vinyl signs. Yes. Uh, and then open it up to um, consumers too. So like our customers, every now and then we'll open it up and just say like, we're just going to do like a trash day. So just bring us what you got, you know, give us your old clothing, give us your old signs. If you got them, you know, we've, we've upcycled sales before, you know, we've done, um, you know, old bags, pretty much anything that you have, you know, we could probably, if it can be sewn, we can work with it. And uh, so, yeah, now we're just in the process of, you know, getting our factories, like kind of just organized as best as possible. And, um, you know, just planning on like launching even more product. I am so excited. And you know what? I just had a vision. And my vision is that Black expats in Panama can be identified in the airport by the HPC luggage. How about that? Yeah, it's, it's definitely yes. doable. It's possible. We can make that happen. Absolutely. I know that we can do that. And I have to, I've been, I've been busy, but I got to get online because I want to order so that I can get my, um, my luggage while I'm in the States. I'll be in the States soon. And I gotta, I gotta get on that. I gotta order uh, gifts for my grandkids too. Um, but yes, I, I can see that. Like I can see that 
we can just be identified by our luggage. And I think that in, in buying HPC, what I like about it is that it's Black-owned business. And then what I, the other thing that I like about it is that it, it is environmentally conscious. I mean, and it's good looking. I mean, you know what I'm saying? That. It don't get no better than that. It's like, it really doesn't get any better than that. It could be Black-owned. It could be environmentally conscious, but it is ugly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's a sacrifice. But I've seen some of your work, and it's very nice. And I'm just so... That. Happy. I'm so happy that we've connected and I hope that our relationship and connection just continues to grow. Um, yeah, I got to get down there to Panama. I see you. <laughs> you sure do. You may not want to leave. I'm telling you. Um, and before um, before we go, I just want you to do um, one thing. I just want you to give advice to People, not just entrepreneurs, but particularly younger entrepreneurs that may not have the um, the automatic ability to be surrounded by people who are thinking, you know, you know, I mean, because younger people a lot of times just don't think that way. Right. You know, just they, they may not be in the in a crowd where people are thinking about I'm only going to work here or what did you say? Check in, check out. You said mm -hmm. there's a check in and check out. And it's cool. Like you said, I mean, it's cool if that's what you want to do. But at the end of the day, if you have a check in, check in, check in, check out mentality, that's what you're going to do the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. As opposed to being able to have your own business, manage your time, you know, make um, uh, prioritize your health and wellness prioritize being able to be at your son's school and to be there for your wife, you know, when they need your support. Listen, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of hard work, a lot of sleepless nights, a, a, a lot of, you know, uh, 14 hour days when it comes to being an entrepreneur, but there's a lot of benefits that you just really cannot put a dollar value on. So what advice would you give? And I know that was a lot. I'm sorry. But what advice would you give to younger people like yourself who are half as invested in applying themselves as you are? Yeah, I mean, I'd say, you know, one thing to do is maybe just assess like your strengths and like what are you good at and what don't you want to do or what do you want to do? And then try to find a way to like close those gaps. You know, for me, I knew I wasn't like the most like I didn't like to talk or like be as like outgoing. So I joined Toastmasters, you know, for example, um, I knew I didn't really have a lot of like network. So, you know, I was just like trying to figure out, is there an opportunity? Can I go like I had to take a, you know, like I was willing to like um, go out on a limb and like, try to get into the school or whatever. Um, I knew that I was going to open up my network uh, professionally and all that. Um, you know, but if you don't have, even if you're not like in a position necessarily where you're going to do like have stuff like that, I would say like just um, putting yourself around people that are doing what you want to do within whatever context, whatever's like available to you. Yeah. So even if you are like, if you're working somewhere, you know, maybe there's like a way for you to like sign up to, you know, give, you know, go. Another thing I did a lot was like, I, I did a lot of um, what do you call it? Nonprofit and volunteer. 
Mm -hmm. I used to win awards for just literally like volunteer hours. Like it was kind of obsessive. You know, I would just, I was always volunteering. I was, you know, I was a treasurer for Urban League here. You know, I did, um, you know, other like stuff with, you know, youth, like all kinds of just like volunteer. Whenever there's a time to volunteer. come out of that too. Yeah, you know, like in, um, I mean, because that's what it is. It's like, well, who's volunteering? You know, all these like successful people are sitting there like spending their time. They're giving. They have something to give. But yeah. bigger than that, it's like it, it sets something off inside of you where it's like it breaks you away from like limitation or scarcity and starts to put you into like abundance and like, um, you know, gratitude. And I think those are some things that, you know, depend no matter where you are. But just like mindset, too. I mean, one thing that's real powerful is like reading. You know, I, I, I wish I would have read more. Um, I read now like two books a week, just something on. You mindset. actually read or audible? Actually read. Yeah, I get the physical. Wow. I can't like audio is good, Amazing. but I only retain maybe I say like 20 to 30 percent on audio, I would say. Wow. But with written, I'm going to retain somewhere between 80, maybe even as high as 90. And the, the ultimate for me is like if I got an audio and a physical. So pretty much any physical book. I also have the audio and I, I'll, I'll read it and I'll listen at the same time and, and make sure I take notes and then, you know, join the community, you know, like my community, it could be any community, but then get on there and talk about it, you know, talk about takeaways, you know, have accountability partners. Um, and just, if you want to do it, you know, I think that's the other thing, like everybody's not meant for the 14 hour days and yeah, the struggle and yeah, the highs and the lows and the, to the, um, to the to self be true. Yeah. So, you know, don't feel like you got to because yes. your buddy or, you know, your girlfriend has got a crypto business and, you know, they're living in Bali or, or Panama or something. And they feel like you got to do that. It's like yes. you don't have to do everything that everyone else is doing just because it's like popular or it feels like it. But just being self-aware as much as possible, I think, is, uh, you know, that's Very my number one thing. Just be self-aware. Self-aware. Self-awareness is everything. It is everything. Um and I have this thing where, um, you know, I, I don't follow competitors. I don't. I, I don't follow competitors. Um, you know, my husband says, well, sometimes it's good to see, you know, what, what their successes are and, and then what they're, you know, also to see, you know, good to see what they felt, what they're failing at. And I say, you know, that is true. But I think that for me, I'm very self-aware and I don't want somebody else's success to inadvertently take my creativity because what works for you is, is for you. You know, what works for me is for me. And I want my ideas to be um, my own. And I, I want to always be aware of who I am. And I just had, you know, conversation, you know, with my team and it's, it's always this way with me in businesses, people will tell me you're not charging enough. And I'm going to tell you something. I charge what I want to charge. I charge what I feel is right to charge. And that's it. And a lot of times to thine own self be true and self-awareness also means having a mission statement. And a mission statement keeps me on point with what I'm doing. Okay. Because if my mission statement, when I was heavy into sister locks, my mission statement was to see as many women in this amazing um, natural hair system as possible. Well, 
I'm going to offer and to offer customer service that cannot be, you can't nobody beat me at my customer service, baby. And, but in order for me to really fulfill my mission, I cannot be the highest price in town. I can't. Because if I'm saying I want as many women to experience this natural hair system that I love, how am I going to fulfill that mission if it costs you $1,200 to sit in my chair? A lot of people are never going to be able to experience that because now I've, I've made it outside of their ability to pay for it. So I may have made less than some other people in that business, but I've been self-aware and I know what it was that I set out to do. And that's what I did. I don't care what nobody else was doing. And when people would say to me, you don't charge enough. And I said, yeah, but I haven't had to take a new client in three years. So don't, don't you worry about me because I'm giving you work. Okay. So, you know, those kind of things. And then knowing not to think that you have to follow everybody else's lead. And I believe that that's who you are as well, um, Hamilton. And um, this has just been an amazing conversation. And I thank you so much for taking time to spend with me today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And we, you, you've given us your social media handles. So I think we're good with that. Thank you for being on the show. For sure. Thanks for having me. There you have it. I mean, wasn't he just amazing? I, I'm just sitting, sitting here and you can't see my face. One of these days, you know, videos are going to be out for all of these radio shows. But I'm like, oh, my gosh, how have you managed to do all of these things in this short period of time that you've been on, on this earth? And the thing that really, really stands out for me in my conversation with um, Hamilton is that he applies himself. He applies himself, y'all. It's just so much you can do if you just apply yourself. I mean, we can sit and we can think about things a lot. But again, I'm always talking about Mel Robbins in her 54321 rule about just 54321, do it. Just don't, you know, even allow your mind to talk you out of things. I mean, he was basically the guy that raised his hand. And to be honest, I think that his ability to apply himself have absolutely served him well in his life. I mean, he is doing so much for a young man his age and um, just for a young man, period, you know, having his own business and being able to spend time with his family and, you know, just kind of making his own rules in life and carving his own path. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that is so awesome. Hopefully we can get him to become an expat he and his family become expats one day, but I hope you enjoyed that conversation. And I'm serious. Let us please do consider, you know, having his um, luggage be our luggage, you know, with having people recognize you in the airport as a black expat in Panama by having on some HPC, you know, wearing, um, you know, using his luggage and, uh, and wares. Um, just really enjoyed that conversation. I hope that you did too. And so with that, um, we're going to close out for the day. And, um, you know, I'm getting to the point where I like to find out what a favorite like oldies, like 70s, 80s song is for my guests. And of course, you know, he's a little young for the 70s and 80s thing. 
And I said, I don't know if you're a connoisseur, you know, an old school or you can remember something that your mom used to listen to, your dad listened to. And he was like, the only thing that comes to mind is Michael Jackson. So I said, okay, I'm gonna take it from there. So I decided that um, we were going to play Michael Jackson, wanna be starting something. And I'm just gonna go out on a limb and think that maybe me and his mom might've been close to the same age because he and my daughter are like exactly the same age and went to exactly the same college at the same time. You know, funny, I, they don't know each other, but um, we're gonna go with wanna be starting something because that was a jammy jam jam. And it was the year I graduated high school. Oh my goodness, could tell me nothing, you understand? So uh, we're gonna leave you with that. I wanna thank my main man, Daryl Spears, Elite Conversation uh, Podcast Media for producing this for me. He's my guy and you know we've been together for some years now and um, I just wanna thank Daryl for um, the work that he puts in with me and for being so patient with me. Um, I wanna remind you also about our Beat community platform. That's blackexpatspanama.com. And uh, for those of you who are members already, please remember that classified um, section because that's a big piece. I mean, that you can advertise, you know, wares and things that you wanna um, get rid of in Panama that also, if you got an Airbnb or if you have a house that you wanna sell, you know, privately, that we are at this time offering free classified listings. You cannot beat that with a stick, especially when everybody on the page is interested in Panama. Everybody in the platform has an interest in Panama. So it's like a concentrated market in one place. So anyway, I'm gonna let y'all go. This is Charlotte Van Horn, Black Expats in Panama by way of Glassboro, New Jersey, right chair on blackcityradio.com. I love you, I love you, I love you. There's just nothing you can do about it. It's for the culture, y'all. Peace and love, my people. I'll see y'all soon.